With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something With Lord Lattimore Volkman, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. And it is something, something Broncos. Uh, it's uh, Lori Lettimore Volkman, Jess Place, Tim Lynch. Um, this is our second episode. We're very excited. One thing that I noticed that we didn't do last week, um, fellas and lady, uh, we didn't really introduce ourselves. We didn't really uh, say who we were and and why we are such uh, uh, crazy Broncos fans. And so I, I thought maybe we should uh, start off episode two, uh, kind of going into that, so that uh, you know people actually can put some uh, personality behind these uh, these voices. All right, I'll go first. I was not born in Colorado, but I moved there when I was one. And my dad was a big football fan, so I just sort of grew up watching football. So we, of course, watched the Broncos. And he was really a Cowboys fan. But in 1977, I was seven years old, and the Broncos played the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. But the, the coolest thing, because my dad was so into that, I knew all these stats. And I had moved to a new school. It was second grade. And my first day in the PE class, they had everybody stand up and he asked a trivia question, which wasn't very hard, honestly, but whatever, I was eight, seven. (laughs) So um, they asked, who's number 77? And I raised my hand and I knew it was Lyle Alzado and I won uh, a six pack of Orange Crush soda. And I was suddenly cool. I was the cool kid who was new rather than like, you know, just the idiot girl who came from some other school. So... I was pretty happy about the Broncos for football reasons, but for my coolness in school, it was also, you know, like I was, I was done. I was a lifer after that. And what about you, Tim? How did you come into this craziness? Well, I was conceived right around the uh, 1977 AFC championship game between the Broncos and Raiders by uh, two Charger fans. I was born October of 78, and um, I lived in Colorado, though, later on and totally abandoned my family for a much better franchise, and I watched Elway and The Drive with all these Bronco fans everywhere because we lived in Colorado, and they were at our house for the for the, the party that weekend and just never really watched football until then. I, I casually did, but that was the first time in that final quarter, I sat down and watched the fourth quarter in overtime and I became just a football maniac. I don't think I ever, I missed a game after that. Um, so yeah, that's, I was technically born a Broncos fan, even though I, you know, <laughs> took a while. A Chargers fan. Yes. It's, you know, fate. <laughs> 
fate to abandon the Chargers. <laughs> Just like, you know. Just most like everybody of their... else has abandoned the Chargers. <laughs> Just like San Diego. <laughs> well, I came into being a Broncos fan. Uh, I was I was I was born in a small mountain town in Colorado, uh, called Cripple Creek. And um a little teeny tiny town. My my father was a gold miner, and and I I just had every Sunday. It was always always Broncos. Always growing up. Come watch the game with me. Come watch the game with me. And you know, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to play a cowboy. And uh, so uh, it, it was it was interesting because we we ended up moving out of the mountains. Um, the price of gold plummeted in 1983, and it no longer was uh, marketable to be a gold miner at that time. So my dad was like, all right, I have to come up with something else to do. And so um, he moved to Denver and became a stockbroker. And, you know, <laughs> we all moved out from the mountains, I, not in a covered wagon or anything like that. Um, and uh, uh, he, he, one of the first things we did, he, he took us on a driving tour of Denver. And um, and he, we went to this old Mile High Stadium. And I remember it being really big. And he's like, son, this is where the Broncos play. And I was like, I don't know who that is but that's great <laughs> I, I really like being here with you and i feel like this is a moment that we can talk about later in life um and so that's how i i, I came into it and um and so i grew up in colorado for the first uh, 18 years of my life i went to film school in santa fe new mexico and then lived in los angeles for 15 years and now i find myself in beautiful uh new hampshire and what's really interesting about this podcast is that absolutely none of us live in the Rocky Mountain time zone. We are uh, on different coasts. Uh, Lori, where are you from? I am in Charleston, South Carolina. I feel like I, I didn't get to do the full story. You brought us up to date from birth to now. So maybe I'm working the segue. I'm working the segue so we can <laughs> find out where we all live, you know? Like... I am on the <laughs> East Coast in Charleston. And Tim, where are you, uh, where are you hailing from these days? Smoky Sacramento, California. That's beautiful. You're, you're familiar. You, you lived over here. Nah, yeah, I drive through. You know, <laughs> I just I just go through there to get speeding tickets. Yeah, spoken <laughs> like a true Los Angelino. <laughs> Siskiyou County. If you need a good uh, traffic attorney, I can uh, I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> I can help you with one year, by the way. If anyone, if anyone needs one. <laughs> Well, moving on to the glory, which was the Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, how do we feel uh, how that game went? Are we, are we happy? Are we pleased? I mean, we got the win. That's good. But how did we play? What do you think? Well, I I thought it was like one of those games where everything started out slow. Um, both teams were kind of struggling. Uh, the Broncos were the better team. And a little bit nervous and then when when it started to click it was just like a two huge plays two huge drives and and the game was blown wide open and then that's when you kind of knew okay they got this so you know i'd rather that happen in the first quarter next week so i have to wait till like you know almost to the end of the game to go oh god okay i could talk about the playoffs tomorrow this is great <laughs> so you know hopefully you know we'll, we'll see a little more f uh, of a fast start uh, next week <laughs> You're like Vance what, what is your take, uh, Lori? What do you think? <laughs> I'm one of those people that looks at the very recent finish, and if you finish with a win, you finish with a win, so I feel good. So while I'd love to see Keenum get into his groove a lot earlier, love to see us drive down the field and score right away, 
I'm encouraged by the fact that they're scoring enough when they need to, and the defense is really holding the other team so that we have the time to catch up. It's a big loss to you to lose Chris Harris Jr. in that game, but we lost him in the first quarter, and the defense was able to hold the Bengals. So at least, at least we're doing what we need to. We're coming out with a win, and we've got some really promising, exciting players, especially with number 30. So I love it. I loved the end of the game, loved how how our offense was was scoring, and I'm excited. Well, and I think that we did tremendously well because as you uh, heard on the broadcast, Adam Archuleta and Spiro Ditas, uh, they agreed with each other uh, when they said that uh, Jeff Driscoll uh, was the greatest athlete on the field for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we beat him. So we should really feel good about that because uh, he – I forget forget AJ Green. He's the greatest athlete on the field. I so first of all, that's a feather we need to put in our cap. Uh, second of all, uh, Philip Lindsay is amazing. I, I I I love his hair. I love the Mile High salute. I love um, him. Uh, he's amazing. And um, I love his trash I, talking. He is yeah. Five foot nothing, and that kid, every time he gets knocked down, he jumps back up and starts yelling at whoever tackles him. I love it. I love it. get the finger pointing, and he's like, you, you, and he's, you know, I'm sure they're swear words, and I'm sure they're fantastic. Um, you know, he's, he's got that University of Colorado education. It's got to, it's got to, it, the, the trash talk has to be like next level, you know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 one thing that, uh, that I, that kind of bothers me is, is when we have short yardage situations, um, we seem to, we empty out uh, the backfield. We have no running back, even though our running game is like unstoppable. Like you can't stop it. And especially when Lindsay runs off the edge, any edge, he's gone, you know, 60 yards. So what do they do? They, they either go empty set and they try to throw it and don't get it. Or, they run Philip Lindsay like right up the middle and it's like loss of two every time. <laughs> it's just like, like, what if, what if you stick with what works and run him off the side and we'll just get a touchdown from, I don't know, our own 40 yard line. You know what? <laughs> if I see one more empty set on a third down, I'm going to punch my wall or punch a pillow. You know, I'm a little older now. I can't really do anything that's going to hurt me. But I'm going to I'm going to be very angry with something inanimate. I don't support pillow assault, Tim. I you, you got to find another way to work that anger out of your body. Yeah, and that's the thing. I you know, with all the injuries on the offensive line, I think three starters now are gone, um, and they got all tackles playing on the offensive line with one guard at center. So when you that really disrupts the passing game. And that's why it looks like he's running for his life. I think the Bengals actually really disrupted his play action, which he had been good at. And I think that's just going to be the new normal with, with that. And it's, it's just, we're going to have to accept that the Broncos offense needs to be kind of like an, a meandering amoeba, you know, it's just going to be run, run, try to get some quick short passes in. Cause they're just not going to have the time um, unless they catch the defense off guard and, and go, over the top to Cortland Sutton or something. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because you would like a totally balanced off offense. I just, I just don't see it happening with this offensive line. But they they block, they run block like crazy. So let's just get it to Philip 
Philip Lindsay or as Adam Archuleta would say, uh, Patrick Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly the A squad. Certainly the A squad there. <laughs> Oof. Well, I, I would like to take it another direction with uh, with regard to the injuries in the offensive line. I think since everybody's gotten uh, hurt and uh, reshuffled, uh, the offensive line has gotten better. So maybe, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, maybe things could get better with uh, the defense on that end because Chris Harris uh, it went, went down with a fractured fibula. And I don't know if you guys know this, you need uh, two of them to play football. <laughs> But apparently, it's a non-weight-bearing bone, so you don't need it for that long, or it doesn't take that long to get better. So you say just... he's loafing? Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm saying he'll be back in a couple of weeks. He'll be fine. I would like to point out that the offensive line didn't have a Chris Harris Jr. type player to lose, uh, even at the beginning of the season. So I don't think the defense is getting better without him on the field. I would agree. I you see did you see my segue? I was trying to make a segue there. All in a <laughs> Anyways, we should talk about you know the offense also now has has took a huge hit with Emmanuel Sanders going down today in practice with an Achilles injury that is going to keep him out for the year and I mean this season but even even part of next season and that's a huge blow cuz he's been a a clutch player especially for Case Keenum especially on those you know, third and 12, third and 18, fourth and eight. He's been money. Yeah. And, and now, now we, we have yeah. two rookies as wide receiver one and two. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not going to help Case Keenum any. Emmanuel Sanders is, is the third down beast, you know. Yeah. Losing, when, when I saw that, I, I was actually, short story, I was actually knee deep in, in a deadline. I wasn't even paying attention to anything. I got a random text from my cousin saying Kelvin Benjamin's available now that Sanders is out. And I'm like, Sanders is out. That I dropped whatever I was doing. I went straight to Twitter and that's when my panic started. So I was I was pretty bummed about that news. He's when it comes down to third down offense, he he was one of the only guys that was consistently getting those first down catches. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a huge blow. It's a huge I mean, loss. Well, we've lost it, like everybody, though. I mean, we lost, we lost, but we lost um, Harriman, Harriman. You know, it's so funny because you guys know some German, right? Like the way he pronounces his own name, I think, is incorrect, or at least everybody on on the air pronounces it Hireman, and that's not even close to how a good German. I thought they pronounced it Jeff. <laughs> Well, I, I agree. It's it's just it's you know it's just another damn bummer from the season. It's like all right, well, let's see if we can you know MacGyver this thing back together. We'll, we've got some duct tape and a gum wrapper, and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna make a football team out of these guys yet. Darn it! But it's the, it's the year you, of the rookie. In the last game, I felt like they all like started to believe that they could actually do it. And against these teams, I think they still can, even without Emmanuel Sanders. Like it helps to have the rookie of the year on both offense and defense. <laughs> yeah, right? We can do it. It can happen. I, I mean, think so, too. I think, you know, like I said, luckily because of who we're playing, I think the, the players we have to fill in, they're rookies, but they're good rookies. So it definitely makes um, the whole run a lot harder. It would make any kind of playoff run harder. It's a bummer to lose such a leader both leaders, both Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders, 
are both big leaders in the locker room for, you know, for their units. And I think while it might be a little inspiring for the rest of the team to kind of play harder because those guys are down, it's also got to be hard to lose some of your inspiring players on the sideline during a game. Get Tim Patrick some like really big diamond earrings and he may be able to fill those shoes. <laughs> You've got to have the big diamond earrings yeah. to play wide receiver. Yeah. It's true. Especially in San Francisco. <laughs> Terrell Owens built that town, right? That's right. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, so speaking of the 49ers, how are we feeling about the 49ers? Uh, we're going to start with Tim because uh, that's your backyard, Santa Santa Clara, just down the way. Beautiful Santa Clara. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been there, but we've heard good things. Are you going? I, I thought you were going. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. On, uh, we'll see. Go. Just go. But, I mean, you know, it's it's exciting because the 49ers are 2-10 and 10 and, you know, they suck. So... If I go, there's a good chance my team's going to win. And that's really what going to a game's all about, right? That's right. My only real worry with the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan. So he hasn't, you know, been able to really pull them out of the trenches yet. But, um, you know, he's a, he's like his yeah. dad. He's got some mastermind in him. So I could see him scheming against us because he would know how to take advantage of our weaknesses and we could struggle. See, about Kyle Shanahan, the most overrated second-year coach in the league right now. <laughs> it's just because they're too He intense. started out. He started out his year, first season two, four, six, eight, nine, oh, and nine. Oh, good job. You know, and now he had a franchise quarterback, and they start out really bad. They lose the quarterback, and now they're still two and ten. I mean, at some point, you got to win with what you got. Like Vance freaking Joseph's doing right now. So, when you look at our team last year, and that's kind of more comparable, I think, to the 49ers this year. So, winning with what you got, we couldn't win with what we had last year either, which was zero quarterbacking. And that's kind of where he is right now. When you lose your starting quarterback, well, we, we lost our starting quarterback uh, in uh, February of uh, 2016. <laughs> Oh, we, we just did never replaced it. We're like, no, no, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> a couple of backups. It's perfect. You know who we need? Mark Sanchez. Let's get him in here. <sighs> Mark Sanchez. Oh. Well, he did. Yeah, you know, I I enjoyed seeing him play the other night. Uh, just like I like when he saw him come in, I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be good. <laughs> I'm very excited. I have to say, one of my most fun days on Twitter was the day that the Broncos brought Mark Sanchez in. <laughs> I, I don't think I stopped Ugh. making jokes about the butt fumble or about tweeting everybody else's jokes about it. <laughs> Can you see why I was so excited about Paxton Lynch? <laughs> in training camp, do you remember that Sanchez was doing like a, like a two-minute drill, and and, and instead of uh, spiking the ball to stop the clock, he took a knee. <laughs> It's 200 IQ, Jess. 200 IQ. Teams keep bringing them in. Like, they think there's going to be a different result somehow. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Like the Broncos bringing in Nathan Peterman. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The only thing I really care about when it comes to how the Broncos are going to beat the 49ers is 
how all my players on my fantasy team are going to score and beat Jess's team in the playoffs. Oh, so, no, that's terrible. What, what neither one that? of us have Broncos or 49ers, so it's, like, irrelevant. What is your the name of your team, Tim? Curse of uh, Miles Jack. And why is it called the Curse of Miles Jack? Because last year, at around this time, your team won based on a Thursday stat correction, which I've never seen before. The biggest BS bullshit <laughs> thing that's ever happened in the history of freaking fantasy football cost me money. I ended up not placing because of that oh, garbage. I spent your money. I, you know what I spent your money on? <laughs> you know what I spent it on? I don't. What? What did you spend it on? I don't know. I was like thirty bucks. It wasn't much. I was just asking if you knew. I would like to say that I think the Broncos are going to win uh, this Sunday, um, thirty-one to uh, nine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like, yeah. They'll get a safety on uh, on us. <laughs> They'll get a touchdown and a safety, and that'll be it. Game over. Sure, not a touchdown, a missed extra point, and a field goal. That'll work too. That could work. Yeah, yeah, but that's not exciting. Yeah, no. <gasps> blocked, blocked. Oh, no. yeah. Nice. Simmons, Simmons could do his magic. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Like he's Me like too. the only guy that does it now. Like he's, he's they like change the rules so that you can't do it. And he's like, hold on, I figured out the loophole. Here I come. I'm coming yeah. over the top. I want to see him do like a U.S. gymnastics team routine and like you know, like do like the triple Lindy over the line. Just jumping what? over is not enough. We need a flip, flip with a twist. Right? Yeah, and fireworks. <laughs> Good, he can do it. And if he doesn't recover, Will Parks will get it. Damn it! And don't run it back. <laughs> In his white yeah. shoes. That's right. That's right. So, what do you think? What do you think, Lori? What's the score going to be this weekend? Um, I'm going to go twenty-eight to twelve. Four field 12. goals for San Francisco. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and uh, Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think this team's going to score thirty. They almost never do. So I'm going to say twenty-three to ten. <laughs> nice and vanilla. <laughs> you are oh, the most lackluster fan I've ever seen. <laughs> If Peyton Manning ruined me, okay? He ruined me. He ruined you because he was so yes. amazing. Yes, yes. He, I just Tim don't expect greatness him. anymore. Because I've the seen opposite. It. Because of Elway and then Manning, you know, even though it was a decade in between there, it's like I just pretty much expect the Broncos to be amazing all the time. And when they're not, it's such a bummer. But it's like, oh, well, maybe next time. Tell you what, if Tebow was our quarterback <laughs> – I'd probably be a little more enthusiastic about things. Yeah, and there's nothing like blind faith to just drive excitement and irrational behavior. And I just right, don't well, have that this year. Two minutes and 30 seconds left. We need three touchdowns. I, <laughs> Tebow's going to do it. <laughs> You're right. He will. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't done crap all game and kind of embarrassed himself up and down the field. But the end of the minute. And then all of a sudden, the seas part and he just runs right through for a touchdown. What the hell? <laughs> Puts those hands together and just like levitates through the line. Just yeah, everybody just falls dead. Oh, <laughs> the plague of locusts and uh, uh, leprosy. Um, 
There needs to be oh a 30 God. for 30 about Tim Tebow because he, Ugh. for such a short time in the NFL and a short time as a starting quarterback, he really is kind of a legend. <laughs> so. it, yeah, uh, you know, it's only 15 to nothing with three minutes to go on the road in the fourth quarter. And the Broncos win 18-15. Yeah. What? 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 Okay, this, I'll take it. This is the point of the podcast where Scotty is listening and he just crosses his arms and is like, no, <laughs> no, the sex. There's yeah. no way Scotty listens this long. <laughs> no way. He, he was a he was a Tebow mean, maniac too, so he'd be nodding on like, yeah, he was good. <laughs> and then he would type, you know, something different. Yeah. Oh, we love Scotty. Yeah, let's talk shit about him every episode. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> well. So I think I think that about sums up the something 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 podcast. I I would like to I I propose this. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, there's a good chance that you guys could be like, what? We're not doing that. I'm not what? Uh, and that's okay. We're not millennials. We won't do that. We won't uh, do it that way. So I have I have uh, the, the the Broncos mystery question that that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spring upon you two at the end of uh, every episode. Uh, oh, just want, before you say it, if this starts with in 1963, <laughs> no, I'm going to hang no. up the phone. Is okay. this a, no. a trivia no, question? That's boring. That's boring. No, the answer is Frank Trapuka. Good time. Let's see. No. Um, all right, so this is this is the, the 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 Broncos mystery question. Other than John Elway, um, who was your favorite Denver Bronco from the eighties, and why? Uh, from the eighties. Yes, but you can't be John Elway because that's like you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always John Elway. <laughs> Tim, would you would you like to give uh, Lori a little extra time uh, while yeah. she figures it out? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to decide between two players. One player was drafted in '89, who became my favorite defensive player of all time. But does the first two years of his, you know, 12, 15 year career take overtake the six years that I was totally a fan of Dennis Smith? Um, but it's either Steve Atwater or Dennis Smith. Man, those Bash brothers, they were fun. I love I'm that. I'm going to go Steve Atwater, so you take Dennis Smith. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue. If they both get picked, we're, we're winning. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. All right. So you guys went later. You guys went like late 80s, like like early 90s, kind of. They're, they're more nice. I was thinking I need to have Dennis. The Broncos went to the the 80s. You know. Dennis Smith came in the league in '83, buddy. What? That early? Really? Yeah. I, I'm checking right now because now I don't know. '83. Drafted. Oh god, this is a base basketball player. No, no. Maybe? Dennis Smith, Broncos, man. That, yeah. I mean, Dennis Smith's playing sports. Dennis Smith, real estate agent from Florida. <laughs> oh, 1981. Boom. That early, my gosh! First round, fifteen overall pick. Yes. No, I my favorite uh, is uh, the Hungry Man himself. Did the Hungry Man uh, TV dinner commercials, uh, Carl Mecklenburg. Nice. Yeah, you, I mean the guy did it all. 
played everywhere. He's got uh, that red hair, uh, you know, that pasty white skin, just just like yours truly. Uh, he's kind of an inspiration uh, to me and my family. Um, <laughs> and he knew how to hit, and he was—he's just a cool guy, like the mech. I mean, you can't. Yeah. His nicknames were also the Snow Goose and the Albino Rhino. The Albino Rhino, yeah. The, Albino the Rhino is my favorite. I like that one. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. One. We already had a goose. How many goose geese do we need? <laughs> the snow geese. Only one goose. You can only have one goose. No. Goose. Yeah, we got. Yeah, there's already been a goose. Uh, one rhino, and his name is Carl Mecklenburg. Yes. I have to say too, because this I wouldn't say this is my favorite player or players, but I do love I loved the three amigos in the eighties with John Elway. I had a three amigos t shirt, so yes, so I, I, I concur. So did I. Oh. I uh, I had the poster from uh from the it was I, I think it was the the Rocky Mountain News did the, like in the eighties they did like every week it's like a big, you know, two page spread poster of certain players. And so I would always go and steal that out of the, the sports page and, and hang it up in my room. And so there was one for the three amigos. And so I had that, up. you know, Sweet. it's like stapled. So lucky to be a local fan growing up. <laughs> oh, I tell, you, I tell you, there was a kid. I'll tell you this. There was like an, uh, there was a, um, orange Friday, uh, before one of the Super Bowls, And it was like, everybody's dressing up and, and getting all excited. And, uh, this kid, wore a helmet and cleats and like went all out and was like all out and his sisters his older sisters were they weren't very kind to him but they were like why are you wearing those cleats you everyone gonna make fun of you and, and like but i thought it was cool i was like man you got like all the gear and everything i mean they were like golf cleats and it was you know <laughs> <but> whatever <laughs> so tearing up the gym floor with those things, but that's all right. You know, he had spirit, and we, you know, he, we all yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, uh, if, uh, that's it. Are we? Are we done? <laughs> We're, sure. We can, we gotta have a better exit than that. It's gotta be a little more dramatic. Well, we, we could edit that out and just be like, "Well, thank you for listening to three. Something, 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 Bronco. Something. Bronco. Wait, there's three somethings or two? <laughs> two.